Welcome to Project Parhesia. In today's episode, we are going to look at one of the most important issues of our time, aka the climate crisis. However, a group of people are rather liberal in calling it a hoax or a mistake. Well, not to be confused with Jennifer Lawrence from X-Men, of course. Let's look at why it should be called the climate crisis and not just climate change. A January 2020 bioscience article which was endorsed by over 11,000 scientists worldwide. Now let me remind you, these people actually know what they're talking about. Stated that the climate crisis has arrived and that immense increase of scale in endeavours to conserve a biosphere is needed to avoid untold suffering due to the climate crisis. In simpler words, the climate crisis is real and we need to do something about it. Editor-in-chief at The Guardian, Ms. Catherine Winner explained, The phrase climate change sounds rather passive and gentle when what scientists are talking about is a catastrophe for humanity. In the last 6,50,000 years, there have been seven cycles of glacial advance and retreat. So if you've seen Ice Age and seen Scrat the Squirrel hopelessly try to grasp his acorn, you know what I'm talking about. Most of these climate changes are typically attributed to very small variations in Earth's orbit that change the amount of solar energy our planet receives. The current warming trend is of particular significance because unlike the previous cycles of climate change, most of it is extremely likely, now I say this with a probability greater than 95%, to be the result of human activity since the mid-20th century and it is proceeding at a rate that is unprecedented over the past couple of decades. The heat-trapping nature of carbon dioxide and other gases was demonstrated in the mid-19th century. So there is no question that increased levels of greenhouse gases must cause the Earth to warm in response. A cause of global warming that is often neglected is meat production, mostly beef, which is resource-intensive. A 2013 study by the UN Food and Agricultural Organization shows that 14.5% of all human emissions is caused by animal agriculture, accounted by uh, production emissions and land use changes. The demand for meat can grow by 88% between 2010 and 2050, putting pressure on biodiversity and climate, further increasing emissions. Well, uh, I know that this can sound controversial given our history regarding beef consumption, especially in India, but I want to emphasize that we should direct our energy to emerging technologies to look into this issue and produce beef more sustainably. Ancient evidence found in tree rings, ocean sediments, coral reefs and layers of sedimentary rocks reveal that current warming is occurring roughly 10 times. Yes, you heard that right, 10 times faster than the average rate of ice age recovery warming. Well, even the little kids are more bothered than policymakers because yes, well, ice creams are also melting faster. The planet's average surface temperature has risen about 1 degree Celsius since the late 19th century, a change largely driven by increased human-made gas emissions into the atmosphere. Not only was 2016 the warmest year on record, but 8 of the 12 months were the warmest on record for those respective months as well. The oceans have absorbed much of this increased heat, with the top 70 meters of the ocean showing warming of more than 0.4 degrees Fahrenheit since 1969. 
Since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, which was of course largely possible by looting resources from different colonies of the British, especially India, the acidity of surface ocean waters has increased by about 30% caused by greenhouse gases such as nitrous oxide, methane and chlorofluorocarbons. The Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets have decreased in mass with the rate of Antarctica ice mass loss tripling in the last decade. Glaciers are retreating almost everywhere in the world including the Alps, Himalayas, Andes, Rockies, Alaska and Africa. Global sea level rose about 8 inches in the last century. The rate in the last two decades, however, is nearly double that of the last century and is accelerating slightly every year. The evidence is right in front of us. And mind you, it is not half as complicated as Dark's family dream. So let's take our blindfolds off and upcycle it. Scientists attribute the global warming trend observed since the mid-20th century to the human expansion of the greenhouse effect, warming that results when the atmosphere traps heat radiating from Earth towards space. Now, we've heard this so many times from our younger years, but the value given to it is very less. Children need to know that caring for the environment is as important as their academic subjects. We believe we're prepping them for their future. Well, uh, typically as doctors and engineers in the Indian context, of course. But given the extent of climate change, the real question is whether they're going to have a future at all. From the beginning of this year alone, we've seen Australian bushfires, floods in Indonesia and Assam and India, volcanic eruptions in the Philippines, cyclones in Asarga and Amphan, locust swarms in East Africa and Asia. Honestly, I'm just tired of even listing them out. Many of these have a direct correlation with climate change. Well, it is not to say that climate change causes all of these disasters, but that it most certainly intensifies them. At the same time, many young people, some as young as 12 years of age, such as Greta Thunberg, Zia Bastida, Radhima Pandey, Luisa Nerboa, David Wicker, to name a few, have been the face of climate change movement and urged governments to take the appropriate measures. Now let's talk about how coronavirus comes into play. Carbon dioxide emissions plunged by global average of 17% this year compared with last year. Yes, that's great news. But they've surged again to within 5% of last year's levels. IEA, International Energy Agency, the world's gold standard for energy analysis, set out the first global blueprint for a green recovery, focusing on reforms to energy generation and consumption. Wind and solar energy should be a top focus, the report advised, alongside energy efficiency improvements to buildings and industries and the modernization of electricity grids. It emphasized that creating jobs must be the priority for countries where millions have been thrown into unemployment by the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. IEA's analysis shows that targeting green jobs such as making buildings more energy efficient, putting up solar panels and constructing wind farms is more effective than pouring money into the high-carbon economy. Calls for a green recovery globally have now come from experts, economists, health professionals, educators, climate campaigners and politicians. While some governments are poised to take action, for instance, the EU has pledged to make its European Green Deal the centerpiece of its economy, but the money spent so far has tended to prop up the high-carbon economy instead. At least $33 billion has been directed towards airlines, with few 
or no green strings attached. According to Bloomberg New Energy Finance, more than half a trillion dollars worldwide is to be poured into high-carbon industries with no conditions to ensure that they reduce their carbon output. While we have proponents of uh, solar and wind energy on one hand, Mr. Michael Schellenberger on the other, who's an energy expert, says that they have a negative impact on the environment. Well, yes, that is surprising, but let's hear him out. He says, one, to set up solar farms, we need to clear a large area of wildlife, and they aren't as efficient as nuclear power. In fact, solar farms require 450 times more area to produce the same amount of electricity. Two, wind turbines are responsible for killing many endangered birds and millions of bats. He also points out that despite using clean, zero-carbon sources, Germany has high costs of electricity, almost twice as much as France, which gets 75% of its electricity from nuclear power. Moving on to some more shocking stats, WHO reports that between 2030 and 2050, climate change is expected to cause approximately 2,50,000 additional deaths per year from malnutrition, malaria, diarrhea and heat stress alone. The direct damage caused to health is estimated to be between 2 and $4 billion per year by 2030. While we're at this topic, I think it's important to speak about how different sections of the society will be affected disproportionately by this crisis. George Orwell said, All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than the others. And similarly, the countries with the least economic development and people with the least resources will be the first to fall prey to the climate crisis. People from Nigeria, Haiti, Yemen and Kiribati, to name a few, are already bearing the brunt of many natural and man-made disasters and they will be one of the first people to be largely affected. Another WHO report says that 51 out of 101 countries reported having a national health and climate change strategy, which is a key tool in promoting leadership and guiding countries towards a climate-resilient health system. Nevertheless, implementation of national health and climate change strategies remains challenging with less than 20% of the countries reporting a high level of implementation. Hereafter, temperatures will continue to rise, more intense hurricanes will be seen, there will be changes in precipitation patterns, droughts, heat waves, and of course, sea levels will continue to rise. However, big polluters like oil and coal companies aren't going down without a fight. After all, they are making buildings from these energy sources. That's why they've spent decades running well-funded campaigns to mislead and deceive the public about what's really happening to the planet. Meanwhile, Bhutan, a small country stuck between two extremely populous countries, is ahead of so many nations in its efforts to protect the environment. With 72% of the country under forest cover, Bhutan is not carbon neutral. In fact, it is carbon negative with its forest seizing three times more than the amount of total carbon emissions. It is also focused on exporting clean electricity to offset carbon emissions around the world. In the words of UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, the climate emergency is a race we are losing. But it is a race we can win. No corner of the world is immune to the devastating consequences of the climate crisis. Rising temperatures are fueling environmental degradation, natural disasters, weather extremes, food and water insecurity, economic disruption, conflict 
and terrorism. Sea levels are rising, the Arctic is melting, coral reefs are dying, oceans are acidifying and the forests are burning. As the infinite cost of climate change reaches irreversible heights, it is high time for a bold and collective action. Let's educate ourselves and speak up because it's really boiled down to a now or never. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.